into sports. 20 yards out, Ursa shoot, don't shoot! Oh, oh what a goal for Fabinho! Wow! Then get into the all new OTB Sports app. I think when he apologises to me, I probably will say hello to him, yeah. No. Videos, sports news, live scores, interviews. If Abregas is going to come up to me in the street and give me some of a mouth that he would have given me on a football pitch, what do you do? You get a slap. Plus exclusive content on the OTB Podcast Network. The biggest names in sports. Ready when you are. Search OTB Sports on your app store and download it now. Football on Off The Ball. With Paddy Power. Fueling the mischief in the beautiful game. Gamble responsibly. See Dunlewy.net. Just over 15 minutes of normal time left in this evening's 5-6 to six kickoffs in the Europa League. Celtic were 2-0 up at half-time away from home against Lille, but they've been pegged back to 2-all, and the French side have been threatening quite a bit against Celtic in the last 10 minutes or so, but two goals apiece currently in France. The other English teams in action, Antwerp continue to lead in Belgium against Spurs. That game now has 10 minutes left, and Leicester are 2-1 up away to AEK Athens. So they're the uh, Premier League teams who are in action currently. Elsewhere in Celtic's group, AC Milan are cruising to victory against Sparta Prague. Latest score there at the San Siro is AC Milan 3, Sparta Prague 0. And we're looking forward to Dundalk taking on Arsenal at the Emirates at 8 o'clock. But time for us now to have a chat about the Champions League in particular from this week and a look ahead to the Premier League uh, this weekend. Delighted to say we're joined by Republic of Ireland legend John Giles. John, how are you getting on this evening? I'm okay, Will. Good Thank stuff. Thank you. Um, we were watching the Champions League the last few nights, uh, John, and you know Manchester United took a, quite a bit of flack about their Premier League form in the first three or four games of the season, but they've played really well on back-to-back weeks now in Europe. This is a difficult uh, group to draw. PSG, who got to the final last year, Leipzig, who are in the semi-finals, and United have beaten both of them at the start of the group and pretty impressively in both occasions. Yeah, it's been a great start for them. Uh, there's no doubt about that, Will. And... They won exceptionally well last night. We saw Leipzig last year, and they were very, very good. I think they've lost a few players, uh, but Manchester United put them away really well last night. We saw Donny van de Beek play as well for United. He's only had about, I think it's 59 minutes he's had in the Premier League so far, John. He was an unused sub last week in their draw against Chelsea, but he came into the team last night. What did you make of his performance? Because a lot of United fans want this big signing from the summer to get a bit more game time. Um, I thought he did well. Um, I think they have a bit of a problem, though, Will, because he's, he's very similar to Fernandez. Uh, he plays in a, a similar position. He doesn't play. He's not a midfield player. He looks like a lad to me that's a midfield. plays from midfield, will get a few goals for you, but won't contribute much in the middle of the field between dictating the play. And Fernandez is very, very, very like that. Um, so they've got two very, very similar players. And he looks a good player. And Fernandez is a very good player as well. Uh, but I can't see the two of them playing in the same team. Yeah, the suspicion seems to be, and this was always the question mark when they spent the big money on him during the summer too, is particularly with Pogba still there, it's very difficult to think of any United midfield that could fit Pogba, DeBake and also Fernandez into the one team. In all likelihood, it has to be at most two out of three because Solskjaer will want a Fred or a Matic there to be a bit of a guard and also to do the work for the players in front of him. I don't think you could ever get to a point where those three more attacking players could play at the same time. No, it'd be, it'd be very, very difficult to get the, the, the two players in, uh, Fernandez and uh, Van der... What, how do you present it? Uh, Van der Beek is what we've been de given, Beek. John. Okay, yeah. yeah. I can't see those two playing in the same team all the time. 
And I think that the two of them be very good in the position they play. And then the, the, the problem they have after that is, is for midfield Pogba, Matic, Fred and McTominay. And I can't see any really good pairing there for the middle of the field. So in other words, they're, 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 they're well served with the two, the two lads. But with the four players in the midfield, I don't, I don't see a really good midfield play, two from them, Will, to be quite honest. I think McTominay's okay. He's a good, he's, he, you know, he's a very honest lad. Fred is okay. Matic is okay. Pogba, you don't know. Mm. You know, like Pogba, it's very hard to, to, to pick Pogba and any of those three as a midfield partner because you don't know what you're going to get from Pogba. And that's the problem. So you've got two really good players for the one position and four players in midfield, very difficult to get a, a, a two from them. That's the way I see it, Will. Does Solskjaer deserve a little bit of credit here as well, John, given that last week he made the big call in Paris to leave Paul Pogba out? He's not bowed to the kind of pressure that's been happening around the media where people are saying, look, you've bought this player for all the money during the summer and you're not playing him all the time. You're giving him time to bet into the team. But Solskjaer has been doing things his own way and there are big decisions not to give in to that kind of pressure and also not to feel pressured to play Paul Pogba, happy enough to leave him on the bench for what was their biggest game of the season so far last week. I don't know where he's coming from, Solskjaer. I never do, Will. You know? And uh, obviously, you know, if you keep doing things in a certain... Well, if you're doing things your own way, you're not going to be wrong all the time. But I never get the impression with him that the choices he makes are for certain reasons. To be honest, I just think he throws them in there. You know? Now, I might be unfair to him, but that's the way I see him. I don't see he has an overall plan of... uh, well, this is what I'm going to do this week, and this is the pairing for next week. I just don't see it in him. And, of course, you know, with the players that he has, like last night, uh, especially, especially when, when our man came on, uh, 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 Marcus Rashford. Uh, sorry, Rashford came on, and he scores three goals from nothing. You know, really, really good. Uh, and then you could in say, well, why wasn't he on from the start? I just don't know with Solskjaer. I'm not so sure he, uh, to be honest, I'm not so sure he knows himself uh, exactly what he's, what he's planning to do or trying to do. I, I, I think it's a wing and a prayer, to be honest. Well, if and you he's got good players there. But, I mean, if you, again, it, 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 you know, if you talk about Fernandes and, and what's our man again, Beck, is it? Be, oh, the Beck, yeah. The Beck, sorry. Uh, you know, where, where's the, where, I can't see the planning in that and buying him for quite a bit of money. You just, I just don't think you can play these two players at the same time, and they're both very, very good players. So I, I think when, when, it, when it's, 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 it's like I'll have a go at this and I'll have a go at that. I don't think there's any real plan to say, well, I'm going to do this this way or that way. You know, mm-hmm. I just don't get it. And he's, he's got a lot of talented players. We know, like Mountford scored the goal. who's a very talented lad. He's got some very talented players. But it's, it's knitting it all together. And I don't, I don't see that happening. Now, it was a very, very good result last night. But you have to remember that, uh, you know, uh, 
Well, Leipzig have lost Timo Werner to Chelsea and uh, they don't have yeah. uh, some of the big names that they had when they got to the semi-finals of the Champions League and that was only a few months ago. As often happens, these teams get raided and their best players are taken away. I was just thinking on your point about the talent that Manchester United have, John. It can get you out of a lot of trouble when you can have a player like Marcus Rashford to come off the bench and play the way he does. You know, Greenwood is obviously a very dangerous striker. I know you've said previously you think that uh, he looks like he's going to be a huge talent, but when you look at Rashford, like he's really backing up the hype around him now this season, where a lot of people felt last year he wasn't quite as clinical as he could be, but he came on with limited time last night and he did a real job on Leipzig. Well, well that's what I'm saying. You know, well, like you, you wouldn't, for to come on and do what he did, you'd have to say, well, you'd have to start that player, you know, and because he is a very talented. And, and when he came on the scene, he was very, very young. And young players find it very, very difficult to maintain the standard that they started with. A lot of, lot of players like that, and I think Rashford is one of those players. How old is he now? He's only, what, 22, is he? Still in his very early 20s, yeah. I think he's just turned you know, 22, yeah. So, like, he's, he's only coming on, and, like, he's there for about three years now. So it's an awful lot. It's very few players that start at 19 and continue uh, from, from, the, from the start to get better and better. They usually do have a lapse, and I think that's what's happened in Rashford. He's a very, very talented player, there's no doubt. But... Um, you know, I'd say last night, if you're playing in a match like that, OK, get, get him on. You know, you're not gonna, you're not, you can't say he's going to score three goals and then get him off when he's done, done the job. But I think there were an awful lot of talented players at uh, Manchester United. There's no doubt about that. It's, it's, a, it's a question of have, having the talent all over the team. And I think with the talent they have with Fernandes and that, that if they don't have a really top-class two players in the middle of the field. Hmm. When it comes to Rashford, John, he's played a few different positions and especially early on in Solskjaer's time, he played a lot of football from the left and him and Martial would switch around. He did a lot of his damage going through the middle in effectively the number nine position last night. I think he's probably going to end up as a number nine. Do you think playing through the middle is going to be Rashford's eventual position when he gets a little bit older and maybe a bit wiser in front of goal? Do you think they'll play him through the middle at that point? I think it's his best position. I think when, when you have somebody with the talent that uh, Rashford has, if, if, you, if you confine them, if that's the right word, to, to right side or left side, they don't have the freedom to go. You know, usually if you're a right-sided attacking player, you have to stay down the right. Do you know what I mean, Will? Mm. Whereas if you're playing in the centre, you can go left or right. And I think when you've got a player of that talent, then I would play him down the middle because he can go either side. That's the way I would see it. Yeah, and it was pace as well. He can potentially uh, stretch oh, defences. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When you've got a good player with a lot of talent, you've got to give him the freedom to use that talent. But if you, if you say, well, I'll play Rashford on the right, on the right wing. I know he doesn't play on the right wing, but on the right, then, you, then mostly you have to stay on that side. You can't go where you want to go, you know? Mm. And I think that anybody with talent, I would give them the freedom to go right side or left side or down the middle because they're good players and they know when to go in that particular position. It's like if you go, say, Harry Kane, for example, I think is a top-class player centre forward. He's mainly down the middle. But he does go occasionally to the left and occasionally to the right, but they have the freedom to do that. I think Rashford now is at an age now. I think he's experienced enough to be able to do that role. Yeah, he could really flourish in that position too. We've got live commentary this coming Sunday on Off the Ball with Brian Kerr and also with Stephen Doyle from Manchester United against Arsenal. Uh, we're going to see Arsenal in about half an hour's time, John, when they come up against Dundalk. But yes. it's a big game of the weekend. How do you reckon United will get on against um, Arsenal this weekend? I think United are capable of beating anybody 
on a certain day with, with the, the right team being played, you know, because there's a lot of changes being made. They've got a lot of talented players. And I think the Solskjaer's job is to, is to suss, which is, which is my best team. And I know there's an awful lot of matches and you have to change the team around. But uh, to be honest, I, I think if you ask them now, what's your best team? I don't think you'd really know it. And I wouldn't know it because you see so many changes with talented players. Uh, so it, it, it's a wing and a prayer in certain ways, but a good wing and a prayer because they've got such talent. I think they've got more talented players than Arsenal have. So therefore, I would, I would fancy United to do them. Mm-hmm. But they, they can be inconsistent because of certain situations that the team is not balanced on certain days in the way that it should be. Yeah, should be a great game. That's at half past four on Sunday live here mm-hmm. on Off the Ball. Uh, Liverpool have their injury concerns at the moment, John, really in one area of the pitch. Uh, they've been desperately unlucky. Uh, Virgil van Dijk gets injured in the Merseyside derby a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Fabinho had come back from midfield into centre-back, did really well against Ajax away from home last week. Now he's picked up what looks like a grade two hamstring strain and he's out for the rest of this mm-hmm. month. And they're going to have to rely, with Joel Matip also injured, on maybe some young players, uh, the likes of Williams, who came in to play last night and did pretty well against Michelin. But um, Liverpool have just been rocked by these uh, injuries. And unfortunate as well, John, that they all came in the one area of the pitch at the same time. Yeah, well, that, that's, that's the look of the game, uh, uh, Will. There's no doubt. I mean, you go through last year, Van Dijk, I don't think has missed a match uh, through injury since he's come to the club. But it can happen at any, any time, as we know, it can happen. And they've been a bit unlucky like, like that. And I think with uh, Fabinho, he, he got a hamstring. But the players are playing so many matches nowadays. Uh, I think we'll see a lot more injuries than we've seen in previous seasons. You know, there's far too much. The, the season, they've hardly had a rest during the season. There's a lot of matches being played. And I think it, it, it's the look of the draw to, 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 to keep away from the injuries. And I think Liverpool have, have shown that. With the amount of matches that they've played, uh, I know Van Dyke's wasn't an injury. It was it was a bad tackle from mm. from from Pickford. Uh, but Fabinho is, is, is and, and you go, I think we're going to get that. The longer the season goes on here, will you know it's far too many players for the players to have to play, haven't had such a short rest during the, what was considered the close season. Yeah, I was just thinking, John, he did a couple of weeks, uh, most players after, say, they were in the Champions League or the Europa League, talking with the really top teams in the big leagues at the moment. They had a very short kind of pre-season period, maybe a week yes. on holiday, then back into pre-season training. They were back for a few weeks, then there was a long international window with all teams playing three games per international window. Then they're back in, and because the Champions League group stages have to be run off pretty quickly with the slightly later start to the season, the teams are playing week on week in the Champions League. The likes of League Cup competitions are going to kick in over the next month or so too. And then you've got another international break coming up at the end of this month. That's a lot of games to squeeze into a short period of time when players didn't have a rest period properly during the summer for the best part. We'll get get a lot of injuries, Well, definitely. And you'll get a lot of muscles, I think, muscle strains and that. I think it's ridiculous. I think the the Nations Cup, is that what they call it? Nations League, yeah. Nations League. That should have been cancelled. There's no doubt about that. That should have been cancelled during the summer. That's a competition that was made up in between the two major competitions, the World Cup and the European Championships. And that, but that was greed from the associations. And I think in, 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 in what we've had with the, this virus situation, that, that competition should have been cancelled. That's a moneymaker. And it should, the, the, now the players have got to play in it again. And now you've got friendly matches. I think all international matches, uh, certainly friendly matches, should, have been, should be cancelled. Uh, uh, the, the, the old uh, League Cup thing, I think that should have been cancelled. I think, you know, we, we had the FA Cup there. 
and there's the players going into extra time and penalty shootout. Penalty shootout finish. The, the, the players. The, it's impossible for the players to continue to play at the top level without injury, injury and tiredness. Uh, will, in my opinion, and we for what we find is more and more matches with more and more injuries. And I can understand where the clubs are coming from as well, John. Some of the clubs aren't particularly happy about this international window coming around the next one so quickly. Like Players want to play for their country, so they're not going to turn down call-ups for the best part. But you look at Cristiano Ronaldo, who was unable to play for Juventus last night in a big game against Barcelona because he picked up COVID-19 when he was on international duty. He's had to sit out a couple of weeks. Um, there was a raft of players who picked up COVID-19 while they were away. The extra workload and the injuries that got picked up along the way too. You can understand where the clubs are eventually starting to kind of push back a little bit about the amount of times their players have to be released away. Because as you mentioned, particularly flying for international fixtures at the moment, uh, when friendlies might seem unnecessary with the way things are in the world currently. Well, particularly the Nations Cup. That was, that was a make-up cup for more money. Because what happens with these associations, they, they don't have to pay the players. They're not responsible for the players. That, that's a moneymaker all the way. Because we, we, the Nations Cup was, was in between the World Cup and the European Championships. That was a rest year for the players. Now they're asking them to play in that particular competition. And the season, as we know, was, was crammed in at the end of last season. The players got, what, two or three weeks break, and now we're into it again. Friendly matches at international level and Nations Cup. It, 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 it's, it's, it's not good for the players. It's not good for the top clubs to have to go through this again. And it, it's not fair on them, uh, Will. And you find there'll be more and more injuries again. I know I'm repeating myself here, but these matches should be cancelled, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I do think, look, I agree with you in terms of uh, next summer now, there's going to be a European Championships, if it goes mm. ahead, uh, depending on how things mm. are with the pandemic. But assuming they do, you've got a World Cup then coming up on the pretty quick horizon after that. You've mm. got qualifiers coming up for that around the turn of the year. It's a lot of games the players are going to have to pack in over the next couple of seasons. Uh, meanwhile, in the Europa, the games are just coming to a close. Just to give you an update on those. Celtic have earned a 2 all draw in the end away to Lille. Lille scoring twice in the second half. Tottenham are still 1-0 down away to Antwerp. That game is now in injury time and Leicester continue to lead 2-0 away to Athens. Uh, John, I'm interested in your take on Leeds because, you know, 16 years they had to wait to come back in uh, to the Premier League from playing in the second and briefly in the third flight in England. Uh, this has been a really impressive uh, comeback into the top flight, though. You know, they're sitting currently in sixth place. Uh, they've picked up 10 points in their first four games and a really good performance last Friday night away to Aston Villa. I don't think Marcelo Bielsa and his team could have hoped for much better than what they've done so far. No, I'd say they'd be delighted about it. And as, as a, an old Leeds player, I'm delighted for them at this particular stage. Uh, what, what I think, uh, Will, is uh, I think the, you know, the, the way he plays, there's no uh, tactics in terms of we get a goal, we sit on it. I think he wants them to play, just keep going. Uh, and I think what will happen with them, I think they'd be inconsistent, Will. I think they'll win matches that nobody expects them to win. And I think they'll lose, they'll lose matches that nobody expects them to lose. I think that's the way the team is. But very, very exciting. I'm, I'm very, very, a very, very good start. I mean, I saw them against Wolves a couple of weeks ago, uh, and uh, they had a very, very good first half, and uh, uh, not such a good second half, and they actually lost the game. And then when I was talking to people, uh, fellow, fellow uh, Leeds United supporters going into the Villa match, I said, I don't fancy them at all, Will. We're not scoring goals, and I was very, very critical of Bamford. 
I'll put my hands up as well, John. I didn't think Patrick Bamford was going to score goals in the no. Premier League. Uh, when he was there previously with Middlesbrough and when Chelsea had him on the books uh, back in the day, he never looked like a Premier League quality striker. Uh, but here he is in a great run of form, starting yeah. with Anfield, and he's got six goals already, John. It's brilliant. It's great. I didn't expect it. I must be honest, Well, You know, people were saying to me, they did, because I live in Birmingham, Villa supporters, well, what about the... I said, I, I said, I must be honest now, I fancy, I fancy Villa, I said, because I can't see... Because Villa were on a good good run, as we know, and uh, with Leeds going there, I said I can't, I, they, they they played very well against Wolves in the first half, but couldn't score a goal, and that's the way I could see them against Villa. I said I can't see Leeds scoring. I said Bamford is the main goal scorer, and he's not scoring goals. And of course, then he goes and scores three, apparently three very very good goals. I didn't see the match because I didn't pay, and I I'm totally against paying the extra. Well, I'm, I'm, I sound like a right Scrooge now. But I didn't. I, I, I object totally to paying the extra money for the television. Some of the television matches. Well, fifteen quid, John, is a lot of money to pay for a one-off game. It's 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 not fair, and it's not right. And I thought it was a scam. And I I, I missed the Liverpool match last week for it. And and I just won't I just won't pay the fifteen quid for the for the for the match. So I I actually missed. Uh, you know, one of Leeds' best performances, probably one of the best of the season. But, uh, however, I mean, if it was the same again next week, I'll, I'll do the same. I'm not going to pay the 15 quid. Yeah, look, it's um, Gary Neville had similar thoughts on uh, Monday Night Football on Sky Sports this week. The feeling was the fans were getting a very raw deal when they can't go to stadiums. John, uh, great to hear you're keeping well, and uh, hopefully Leeds will continue winning a few games for you and stay up towards the top of the table. Hope so, Will. Great stuff. Thanks, John. Well, bye. We'll hear from John, of course, uh, next Thursday here on Off the Ball at around about half past seven. Uh, we'll round up all the scores from the Europa League with those five to six kickoffs coming to a close. We'll be talking, of course, about Dundalk later on in the programme against Arsenal. Uh, Johnny Ward's going to be along, Mark Ogden as well. But we'll take a very short break. Football on Off the Ball with Paddy Power, fueling the mischief in the beautiful game. Gamble responsibly, see dunlewy.net.